Today's podcast features an article from Discern Magazine. The parable of Lazarus and the rich man is one of Jesus' most misunderstood parables. You can find it in Luke 16, verses 19 through 31. The parable is often interpreted as being about the immediate fate of the dead. After all, a surface-level reading seems to show that the beggar Lazarus dies and goes to heaven, while the selfish rich man dies and descends into hell. But a problem with this explanation of the parable is that there are many scriptures throughout the New Testament and the Old Testament, some of them from the mouth of Jesus himself, that contradict the idea that people go immediately to heaven or hell right after they die. How should we understand this parable? Is it really about what happens to people right at the time of their death? Or did Jesus intend us to learn a completely different lesson? Let's start this discussion by looking at what Jesus had to say about death. Throughout his ministry, Jesus made clear statements about what does and doesn't happen to a person after they die. One of those statements is in John chapter 11. This is the story of when Jesus resurrected his friend Lazarus from the dead. Now, of course, this isn't the same Lazarus from the parable. This is Lazarus, the brother of Mary and Martha. But going on, he told his disciples in verse 11 of John chapter 11, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. When the disciples were confused about what he meant, Jesus clarified his statement very simply. He said, Lazarus is dead. So Jesus likened death to sleep. Sleep is a state of unconsciousness. Jesus' words harmonize perfectly with many other scriptures throughout the Bible that describe death in the same way as sleep. You can find one of those scriptures in Ecclesiastes 9 verse 5. So it would be contradictory for Jesus to teach that the rich man and the beggar Lazarus were very much awake after they died when he said that his friend Lazarus who had died was sleeping. Now what did Jesus teach about going to heaven? Did he say anything about that? Jesus actually made a very clear statement on the topic in John chapter 3. Now, that's the famous chapter that has in verse 16, the scripture about God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But a few verses above that, in verse 13, he said these words, No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven. The New English translation makes it even clearer. It translates it this way. No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. So it would be strange and inconsistent for Jesus to say in one situation that no one has gone to heaven, then later say that Lazarus the beggar goes to heaven. Well, what did Jesus say about hell? We find a very clear statement in Matthew 10 verse 28. Here Jesus said, But rather fear him, that's the Father, who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. The key word to focus on there is destroy. Jesus associated hell with destruction. When something is destroyed, it ceases to exist. Jesus described the real hell as a place of complete destruction, not a place where people are conscious and tormented constantly, or as the common belief goes, for all of eternity. This is consistent with how many other biblical writers described the fate of the wicked. You can read Malachi 4 verse 3 and Romans 6 verse 23, and they both describe hell or the fate of the wicked as a place of complete destruction. 
So these statements give us a clear understanding of Jesus' teaching on this topic. After we die, we don't go to heaven or hell immediately. In fact, we're sleeping. We're in a state of unconsciousness. Instead, the Bible actually teaches we await a future resurrection from the dead. But that hasn't happened yet. That happens at the last trumpet when Jesus Christ returns. But we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. That's not our topic in this program. So now let's go back to the actual parable and consider what the actual lesson was. If Jesus wasn't giving this parable to teach what the fate of the dead is, either the fate of the rich man or Lazarus the beggar, then what was he trying to teach? What was the point he was trying to make? Well, first of all, we have to consider that when looking at a parable, we have to recognize first what a parable is and what it is not. A parable is a short, fictitious story designed to teach a moral or spiritual lesson. A parable is not to be taken literally, and every aspect of the parable is not to be used to come to a doctrinal conclusion about the teaching of the Bible. It's to teach a specific moral lesson. Many are actually surprised about the statement Jesus made in Matthew 13, verses 11 through 15, where he said that he gave parables because they made it harder for people to understand. He, he in a sense, wanted to veil the meaning and only reveal the meaning or lessons of these parables to certain people who he was working with. He would often explain the parable later to his disciples after he gave it to a larger group of people. But when Jesus wanted to teach something clearly, when he wanted to make a statement of universal doctrinal truth, he didn't use parables. He made those statements very clearly, just like the statement we read in John 3 verse 13. We read that earlier in this episode where he said, no man has ascended to heaven. That is a clear, direct statement of truth. A parable is not exactly that kind of statement. A parable is a story, again, designed to teach a moral lesson. So when looking at a parable that Jesus gave, we have to dig a little deeper than just a superficial reading. We have, have to look deeper than the surface-level story. We dig deep to, to get to the core moral lesson Jesus was talking about and not getting lost in the details of the fictional story he used to deliver that lesson. As an analogy, we could think of a parable as the wrapping paper concealing a gift. When we receive a gift, we don't get caught up in the details of the wrapping paper, you know, what it looks like, how it's wrapped, if there's a bow on it. What we should be really concerned about is the gift inside. That's the important thing. And it's the same with parables. Parables are stories designed to teach a very practical, tangible moral lesson. And that's really what we should be concerned about. So to get to the point of this parable, first of all, we have to look at the context in which Jesus gave it, because usually the context explains what really his thinking was and what the point was he was trying to get across. The context of the parable of Lazarus and the rich man is a conflict with the Pharisees. We read that context in Luke 16, verses 14 through 15. Let's read it here. Now the Pharisees, who were lovers of money, also heard all these things, and they derided him. And he said to them, You are those who justify yourselves before men, but God knows your hearts. For what is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. So here we see that Jesus was dealing with people who were fixated on money, on stuff, on wealth, and were hypocritically putting on a false front of being righteous before people when they really weren't righteous at all. Internally, their hearts were very much the opposite of righteousness. 
Simply put, these people pretended to be righteous, but in reality, their real motivation was greed and a lack of concern for others. Their righteousness was just a show. So Jesus then goes on to use the parable of Lazarus and the rich man to warn them of the pitfalls and dangers of a life lived like this, a life based on greed and a lack of concern for other people. So again, the context of the parable is not anything about death or what happens after death. It's not about heaven or hell. The context is greed and hypocrisy. And when we look at the parable deeper, that's really what he was getting to. So let's look at the parable in a little bit more depth. What do we find? Well, there are two main characters in the story Jesus tells. The rich man, who lived a a posh life and ate well every day, and the poor man, Lazarus, who was covered with sores and was seemingly unable physically to work to feed himself. Instead of helping Lazarus, the rich man was cold-hearted towards him, ignored his suffering, didn't do anything to help him. Yet, to the majority of people who saw these two men, they can, would have considered the rich man the, the better off and possibly the more righteous man. So then they both eventually die as the story goes on, and Jesus then transitions the story to the afterlife. But again, he, he's not specific about when or where this is all happening. That's not the point of the story. The point is the moral lesson. Again, we don't get caught up in the details of the story. But here now in the afterlife, the roles are completely reversed. Lazarus is healed and he's in a state of comfort, while the rich man is in a state of mental distress. Now, if we were to try to place this in the biblical timeline, we would be more accurate to place it long into the future, into the time discussed in Revelation 20 verses 14 through 15, when the wicked who have already had their opportunity for salvation are raised and then condemned to the second death in the lake of fire. But we shouldn't get too caught up in that because, again, the point is the moral lesson. So here the rich man is now begging Lazarus to comfort him. The the roles are completely reversed. The rich man even begs that someone would go warn his brothers to repent and change so they don't meet the same fate. But at this point, there's nothing Lazarus can do to help him. The spiritual lesson is profound. The spiritual lesson is get your priorities correct now. Instead of being greedy and hypocritical, prioritize loving God and serving other people before everything else now. Don't put it off because you never know when your life will end and it will be too late. An additional lesson this parable teaches is that God looks at people differently. We read in 1 Corinthians 1 verse 27, But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. So in the long run, the people who are high and mighty now who look good may not be that way when all is said and done. At the beginning of the parable, Lazarus was weak and as powerless as any human being could be, while the rich man was wealthy and mighty. But in the end, those roles were completely reversed. Lazarus's humility and righteousness resulted in him standing beside Abraham, And the rich man's greed and lack of compassion led to him being brought very low. The meaning and lesson of this parable, the parable of the rich man and Lazarus, is just as relevant to us as it was to the audience Jesus spoke it to. Get your priorities in life right now. Don't wait. For Discern Magazine, I'm Eric Jones. Thanks for listening. For more information from today's featured article, visit lifehopeandtruth.com.